Dad Pod Gamescast, a show where two and sometimes three dads get together and talk about games, stuff adjacent to games, dad stuff, and or just trying to do this hobby while getting older and having less time. I'm one of your trio of hosts today, Joe Owens, and as always, to my right, your virtual left, Eddie Rathke. Howdy. And opposing him, as always, confrontationally, on the other side <laughs> of the internet, but just, you know, down the street from me, Rick Johansson. Good morning. Hey guys, how's uh how how was your weekend? That's uh we're only doing we're only just doing one nicety today because we got a lot to cover. Yeah, we uh we threw a like fifty person holiday party, which was uh oh, wow. successful. Holy so that's the important cow. thing. Man, that's uh, a lot. That's a, that's just like a lot of effort. Uh I'm not yeah, gonna go into well, it. Well a lot but... of the people <laughs> are children, so uh Yeah. It's like the thing that changes about um holiday parties from because we used to throw New Year's Eve parties that would be like you know, 40 adults screaming drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot different when, you know, there's... Screaming kids like, and uh, adults yeah. <laughs> still trying to have a good time, but, uh, you know, uh, love kids, but they do kind of put a damper on uh, that type of party, but... <laughs> yeah, fortunately, we we have, like, a big open basement, and they all just destroy it. Yeah, so. that's what <laughs> basements are for. Rick, how was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. how was your weekend, Rick? Oh, pretty good. Just uh, so much stuff to prepare now for the holidays, and again with yeah. the kids, there's just more and more stuff. Yeah, that's uh, what uh, that's what your wife said. She she dropped uh, your son mm-hmm. off at uh, my 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 son turns ten soon, but his birthday is real close mm-hmm. to Christmas. So this we we did a birthday party for him yesterday, uh, about as late as you can possibly do uh, with like getting people to actually show up because of like yeah. the holidays. So, yeah, um, he had a great time though. So. When was your son's birthday again? I feel it's, like we talked about this, and it's uh, it's it's the uh, it's the winter solstice usually uh, December, ah, yeah, that's December right. twenty December twenty first. Um, I thought we talked about that because my son is also that's also his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, right. Wow. Yeah, man. See, this is like perfect. Like Rick lives close. Your son <laughs> and my son share a birthday. Everything is mm-hmm. everything is great. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not we're not exactly rushed today in the sense that like we're going to like chop anything off. Uh, but Rick does have to go. Uh, by nine, which is, you know, roughly forty minutes from now, and so what we're doing. I must go. My people need me. Is, he's, he's, he, <laughs> he must. He's you know he's blowing the what the horn, uh, summoning all of the the forces to his side. Uh, we're doing the game of the year, uh, and you know I'm you're not trying to brag or anything, but uh, you know the Dadpod Games Cast uh, Game of the Year episode is the definitive game of the year for all of the internet. So I mean, yes, these picks are. Not only the best, but they are also correct. Um, I've just thrown that thrown that out there. I didn't want anybody to get confused. Uh, if you're not listening to this, uh, I mean that's kind of on you at just, this point. You're just missing out. Yeah, just totally totally missing out on uh, you know the definitive opinions. Um, so we're gonna just kind of go around and talk. Uh, man, uh, for me at least, whittling this down was tough. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I I think I played too much stuff this year. Uh, and I realized I was kind of you, you, those end of the year things you get from Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft or whatever that give you a little wrap up. Uh, it's really funny how I feel like I was sick more this year than I've been in years past. And every time I got sick, man, that time like went up uh, because I do remember playing some <laughs> games and sleeping. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I had a lot to choose from this year. Um I think we kind of talked about this last time. I'm throwing a curveball in here. And since I believe Eddie at least said he did not play any of the games from this year. Eddie, was that what was that you or both of you? I would say uh, it's definitely 
Definitely me. Okay. Yeah, same oh. here. I, uh, it was the year of the backlog. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it was. I, I, I realized when I when I was making my list, it was like 50-50 for me. And so what I decided to do in order to make this the definitive edition of Game of the Year, uh, I'm only doing games from 2023. Uh, Ooh. I, so I'm going to just, you know, talk about, uh, you know, my top top five. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the funny thing is, like, <laughs> I'm still going back and forth on my ultimate game of the year between my top two because they were that good. Um but I, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, before I even jump into my list. I want to give a shout out to, to Norco um, because that was originally going to be in my list. Uh, I actually had it at number four, um, but it came out uh, last year, 2022. And I don't know if you guys, uh, if either of you have played it. Um, it is. No. So I've been like ever since Disco Elysium came out, I've been like hunting for the next great you know narrative based game that wasn't like just a visual novel and so um i've played some really good ones uh one that i think we'll talk about later but uh i'm not i'm not going to talk about because i haven't beat it and i really want to beat this one before i i come to a conclusion on it is citizen sleeper uh i love the dice rolls Mm. i love the chance i love like everything about it it did so much of what i loved in disco elysium but it was like weird because it was more minimalist and yet futuristic and so uh you know (laughs) shout out to citizen sleeper loved it but norco uh is this like southern gothic point and click adventure uh very text heavy um fantastic writing uh bonkers characters The, the story is absolutely batshit crazy um, and at one point, uh, I got this achievement for, <laughs> I found this, uh, makeup on this detective dude's desk and I kept bugging him about it. And then he eventually put it on and it was like juggalo makeup. And so, you know, shout out, <laughs> shout out to juggalos. The funniest thing though, <laughs> is that he plays the, as like the, once he puts the makeup on, he wears it for the rest of the game. And so, uh, that, that's, that's awesome. funny. Like these, there's these very, uh, serious mm-hmm. moments where man's got himself juggalo makeup on and uh trying to have serious conversations and other people notice obviously so uh shout out to norco that's not my first pick i wanted to mention it though because it was so good that i felt like i would be remiss uh i want to jump to rick first because i want to see if we can get Mm -hmm. as many of his picks done uh so i want him to at least go first to give his first uh we're gonna go in reverse order so number five Uh, and if here's the thing too uh despite being definitive this is also like our show. So if you don't want to rank your top five, if you just want to talk about your top five, uh, you know, that's that's just how we're going to do it. Like, that's just that's how it is. So back if you disagree, you should spread uh, links to this podcast everywhere, far and wide. Yeah. yeah. Complain about it. Yeah. You should definitely do that. Like spread it all over your social media. <laughs> like, yeah, so people can, you know, uh, tell you bring the hate. Yeah. T- Controversy. Yeah. So they can, you know, tell you that you're right and we're and we're wrong, even though we're not. It's fine. Like we've accepted the fact that it's a, it's it's our cross to bear. Uh, it's a heavy burden, uh, but we will gladly bear it into the uh, new year mm-hmm. of 2024. Rick, your number five-ish. My number five would be SteamWorld Dig 2, which starts the kind of like uh, the backlog. But the Steam Deck has been a godsend as far as like being able to fit in those kind of games, like the smaller games, quote unquote. And... SteamWorld on Steam Deck. It's a match yes, made exactly. in heaven. It's, it's, <laughs> it's right in the name. Steamception. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> It's, I, I'm a huge fan of Metrovania, so I think that's been clear in our previous uh, podcast, but uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 just feels like it takes all the things that are good about Metrovania with, you know, cool characters and cool environments to explore, super fun power-ups. 
not too difficult. Let's you kind of breeze through it if you want to. Um, and it's just a good ride all the way through. It's just it's just a fun game, and I couldn't put it down until I finished it. Basically, Eddie, so. have you played Steam World, Dick? I have not. Oh man, dude, uh, I can't recommend this enough either. Uh, I can't remember what year it came out. I, uh, it's sort of one of those Metroidvanias that uh, gets its hooks in you like early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's paced super well. Like, have have you played yeah. Guacamelee? Or one uh, or yeah, two. I have as well. Uh, so I, I feel like I, I liked those games a lot, but I feel like SteamWorld mm-hmm. Dig got its hooks in me even more and earlier because Guacamelee was a game. Both of the first and the second one were ones I had to like come back to. I kept like being yeah. like, I like this. And then I play something else. I'm like, oh, you know, I should get back to Guacamelee. But like SteamWorld Dig 2 was like, no, nah, man, we're going to we're seeing this through. Like this is <laughs> this is really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the mining mechanic helps a lot because it gives you that kind of drip feed in the beginning of abilities and money. Absolutely. You're, you're kind of earning money to buy upgrades, and that helps to kind of set you on the path. Then you start getting upgrades automatically or as the story progresses. And yeah. it just, I don't know, it's, it's just a it's, solid yeah, paced the, game all the way through. The mining, like you said, is really uh, an interesting way to do ex- like expansion and like exploration and power ups because it also has like a sense of like mystery because you can't tell exactly where you're digging. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, it opens up. Uh, I, I'm not even going to talk about it, man. Rick. Excellent choice. I, I I really really like this one. This is off to a really good start. <laughs> yeah, great a great game, and it's super cheap at this point. So on any platform you want, you can check it out pretty and, cheap. So. And I would like to just plug real quick all of them Steam World games, all the, the various different ones. They're all good. Like if you like card battlers, they got uh, a card battler one. They got two Metroidvania ones. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting one that like there's like four of them I think. And yeah, the uh, heist. Yeah, uh, heist. and a new one. A new one just came out, which is a city builder. Yeah, yeah. What? The, yeah, dude. I think I own a few of these. Actually, dude, you should so play them. They're they're legit good. They're if legit. You bought a good. humble bundle at some point. You probably own at least one or two of them. <laughs> almost, almost certainly, almost certainly. Uh, yeah. Let's just keep rolling, man. Eddie, uh, what's your number five? So my number five is a probably the most surprising choice that's going to be on anyone's list, and uh, it I had I had never played it until like uh, the last week actually oh <clears throat> so had we recorded Man. this last week it may not have been on here i love it i love those short those dark horses that <laughs> just like slip right in and uh they just hit man sometimes they just hit yeah so it is super mario land 2 Ooh. six golden coins oh, oh dude game. that is a incredible pick so uh i love 2d mario games i feel like that's been established but uh this one is just so bonkersly weird and so different from any of the other ones um it uh there's there's like these weird all every level has like a different weird mechanic or like a different weird kind of part to the level design that is unique to this game um and this game is you know i don't know when it came out probably like 1993 or something like that yeah it was it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like i think uh, i think it came out like roughly around the time that super nintendo was about to come out but, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy, it, r- yeah, roughly time yeah. frame, though. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's a very old game. There's been many opportunities for Nintendo to use one of these again. Oh, 1992. Nice. And uh, they just haven't, and I don't know why, but uh, they it is just a very strange game that is kind of awesome. And because it's on the Game Boy, and there's only, you know, those uh, the few colors available. Right. So when you get power-ups, you can't... You can't visually show with colors right. that you have like a, a fire flower. So you have this like weird little uh, little horn almost <laughs> looking thing. I think it's a feather, yeah, yeah, like a feather in your cap. But it looks sort of like uh, unicorn Mario. It's great. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I, I, that's a that's like that's a really good pick. I don't think I've played that game since the since the nineteen nineties. Yeah. I might have hit it. Blew on me the away that Game Boy could produce a Mario of that quality because Super yeah. Mario Land One yeah. was good, but it was still pretty. You know, hey, it's on Game Boy, but yeah, Mario I, Land Two fits on. Yeah, it's great. It's it, yeah, it's it, it, it super easily surpasses. I I feel like the first Mario Land. Uh, mm. it, it not not even. Ex- I don't even think it's like exactly close. I think Mario Land Two is definitively better. Oh yeah, 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 and it's uh, it surprised me how good it is, especially compared to, you know, I would say it's better than actually the two D Mario games that come after it. Um, yeah, I kind of always thought of like Super Mario World as being the best two uh, D Mario, and it probably still is Super Mario World or Super Mario Three, but this one is very very good. Yeah, very I, shockingly good. It wouldn't it wouldn't uh I feel like it I don't feel like it would be too much of a stretch to put it on the podium even if you put it at third behind Mario World and Mario 3 yeah. because then you have like all systems represented of the 2D era <laughs> and uh they're all they're all excellent. So yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the ones that came out on like the Wii U and stuff. It's like those ones are good, but they're they're not they're not this good. And they're not as creatively weird. You know? right. <laughs> no, they play it very safe. They're they're good Mario platformers, yeah. but although, they play it very Although Mario safe. Wonder uh does sort of get back to uh the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's I think one of the things I really like because I like 2D Mario when it's like as weird as it can be. And Yeah. And Mario Wonder will probably be on my list next year when I play it. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's good. I haven't played enough of it. Uh yeah. just spoilers, it's not on my list because uh you know, I only got a couple hours with it based on uh, un- some really long games that uh that came out this year uh that i that i that i unfortunately just didn't have the time but mario mario land 2 is really good i might have to go back and play it now like that i'm thinking about it Mm -hmm. it's on the switch game boy yeah yeah there's also a rom hack that color colors it uh it's a dx release that lets you play it on the game boy color i believe so yeah checking out yeah that, that that would be something i'd really really be interested in so all right. How are you, Joe? All right. My my number five uh, is a game that um, I don't think, I don't know. I don't feel like it got represented enough. Uh, I don't think enough people talked about it, but also I understand why a lot of people didn't talk about it, and that is a game called Void Stranger. Have either of you heard about this or seen anything? No. Uh, wow. You guys should like watch some trailers on this. Um it's basically making your point though yeah it's it's a so it's a this this game is one that i haven't beaten for reasons i'll talk about soon uh it's it's it starts off very simple it's a puzzle game it seems like a simple sokoban style puzzle game right and have have any of you heard or heard of or played uh cave noir speaking of game boy games no. Okay, so that was like a roguelike before the term really like went mainstream. I mean, we're talking like 1991 uh, Konami game. So like back then, Konami, you know, Konami was kind of there in their bag. Like they were making some really good stuff. They made some bad stuff. Like some of their Game Boy Castlevanias were not great. Cave Noir was legit. Uh, and so you can't help but like when you look at Void Strangers, see the uh, inspiration from like maybe a late generation uh high quality game boy game because that's the uh the the aesthetic so it's like a dungeon crawler right there's uh how do i even explain this without uh, without uh, spoiling certain things and i can't spoil it much because you know i haven't beaten it but like this game had to be on the list okay so there's 200 plus floors in the void okay uh 
Luckily, I, I, I think this game would be impossible for me because I'm not great at puzzle games if it was more roguelike, if, the, if they were not like set floors. Because there have been a couple puzzles. Uh, the, each floor is a puzzle to be fi- figured out. Uh, and if they were just constantly changing, I don't think I could figure it out because I had to look up a couple. But I want to keep moving because it's not just a puzzle. You're not just like, even if it was just this simple puzzle game where you're going down, uh, it's fun, right? Like that's that's fun on the surface, uh, but like the puzzles are more of like a vehicle for the narrative, which is like very subtly mm-hmm. hidden in there. You're a character, uh, this lady who is apparently awesome, uh, named Gray, and you know nothing about her when you start, uh, and you get these like little snippets as you go, and occasionally you'll run into NPCs uh, on various floors. But the wild thing is, if you accidentally like. Uh, so in Sokoban games, like you can like move four directions, right? Up, down, left, right. And each movement consists of an action as well. So if like you accidentally move up against something, right? It's like a wall, like you'll bump and you, that will count as like a movement, uh, an action. So if you accidentally like say bump a character into the void, like they're gone. Like there's some characters, at least one or two NPCs that are just <laughs> like, I have no clue what they do. They're just gone forever. Uh, and I think you can reload your saves, but I'm not, I'm not doing that on this game. Uh, because I'm just like letting it happen, and so every now and again, after a couple floors, you run into this like safe area, a safe area with the birch tree, which is where you save. And every time you save and rest, you get these cutscenes with these really cruel like visuals uh, that are like more than the Game Boy could handle. Um, but like, you get story bits too, and so you know you're 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 piecing what is happening together but like nothing is ever what it seems you know you're like okay i'm pushing blocks and going down levels whatever you also get a wand that can like transpose like you swing the wand over a a block that is that you can walk on and you can move that block to another space so you can create bridges uh you can like fill in gaps or you can block enemies that might be coming for you like that you know Mm -hmm. you can take a block away so they can't come to you so it's all this like strategy in this very simple setup eddie the reason i think you would like this is because the vibe you get while you're playing uh, reminded me a lot of into the breach even though they don't have a Uh, lot in common um it's that vibe you get while you're playing you know the feeling of playing into the breach is very similar because you're planning stuff out you're like okay this enemy can cross the floor i gotta i gotta remove a tile here so they can't get over here so that i can get up and around because every time you move the enemies move right um Mm. and so like that was like Lolo on the NES. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I could see that too. If like you mashed it up with with Cave Noir, you could you could yeah. uh, you could you could absolutely make this case. And the the craziest thing is like as I was making my notes, I keep writing down. But the game is so much more. I write that like three different times. Like you do this, but it's more. Um, like so, it's like it's a very small team. System Erasure. I don't know if you've heard of this. They uh, made a really good shmup that I can't remember the name of uh, recently. Two man Finnish dev team. Um, I think this game should be called just subversion the game. Like the end is never the end, right? Or is it? Like hmm. I've, I'm like I'm making notes. I'm taking screenshots. I'm creating hypotheses. I'm gonna pretty soon have to get a whiteboard and with like uh, you know like red <laughs> string to connect the dots. Uh, I'm real sorry for talking about this for so long. I think that this game, like I'm gonna talk about this game more than I'm gonna talk about any other game today, including my goatee, because it's really <laughs> really good. But I can't you know give it my my top now because i haven't beaten it i want to see how this wraps up uh but void stranger uh my number five awesome rick your number four 
My number four, we're getting into blockbuster titles, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, oh, I feel like this year it's finally hit the stride and promising, or delivering what they promised. And I got Cyberpunk 2077 when it came out, saw the potential for it, and immediately parked it because I had same posting <laughs> bugs, crashes. You know, it was, you saw the potential there, and it was clearly released two, three years too early. Uh, yeah. I see why they released it, but now I don't know I played any other, like, AAA title that's so immersive. You really are in that world. And now there's no cracks showing anymore. Right. Like they patched enough. There's enough features. It makes sense for what the game is. And if you take it like kind of like a Skyrim set in a cyberpunk environment, yeah, it, it's easy to get engrossed. And then finally having a powerful enough computer to do justice with ray tracing to, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, probably, you know, the prettiest game I played. Uh, I think, and, uh, yeah, I think it's like legit at this point looking like uh, yeah. the, 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 the peak of graphic technology. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I haven't played Alan Wake too, but no, yeah, I've heard good things like, about that one too. Yeah, but maybe Cyberpunk like really. The... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's. You're right. It's pushing that envelope way, way beyond what we yeah. thought was possible, especially with the initial release. Exactly, and it's become the thing. Like it, again, it's probably more what they intended, right? It's maybe not a full like No Man's Sky turnaround. Like that was a huge, yeah. you know, flip around. But Cyberpunk now feels like the game that they probably intended yeah. much more. At least and they can they tell because they're adding, they're adding like you know, nice to haves at this point. <clears throat> but I think they're done now with it, and uh, yeah, that's my number four pick because it's finally as engrossing as they promised it would be. Have you played uh, the Phantom Liberty DLC yet? Not yet, no. It's real good. Uh, oh man, yeah. you're gonna love it. They've done some like they took all the quality of life stuff that they did in the what is that the 2.0 patch that mm-hmm. made it like where it is right now and uh, added some new little wrinkles uh, and the. The writing is, you know, I always come back to writing in most games. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I can't wait to you mm-hmm. play it because, like, I haven't beaten it yet. I'm real close to the end of the of the DLC, but I had to park it for uh, uh, goatee purposes uh, the, the past couple weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> it is a big game. It is just like yeah, many yeah. of these open world games. They take forever to complete. And if you do everything, you're probably hundreds of hours of game time. So, yeah, but that's my number four. Yeah. I've been waiting to play that until I get a PS5, but I don't know if I'm ever getting a PS5 now. Well, if you <laughs> so. well, here's the thing, uh, Rick. I think you can uh, maybe also chime in on this. I think they've patched it to where it runs real good on Steam Deck too, because I know that you yeah. were looking at that as well as an alternative mm. to PS5. Uh, yeah, you're plays, not going to uh, get like full ray tracing and like no. incredible graphics, but I think it's absolutely still a next gen experience. Uh, mm-hmm handheld which I mean, yeah, it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good yeah and i'm i'm not a i'm not a big graphics person as will probably be revealed by uh the rest of my well my my first pick and then the rest of my picks yeah, that's all right which mm-hmm. i'll just get i'll just hop right into uh my number four pick which hilariously also came out in 1992 nice and it is <laughs> <Good> <laughs> dragon dragon quest five. Oh yeah um, oh dude dragon so quest five uh does something I've never seen a game do, even still. And uh, it's kind of shocking that this game from, you know, 31 years ago did something this emotionally daring and complex. And I, I won't spoil it because uh, it doesn't happen for a long time in the game. Yeah, and I, and I was just going to say, I was going to say, actually, don't spoil it because I have not gotten to that part yet. Um, I, I <laughs> here's the thing. I know that a part, quote unquote, scare quotes, is coming, um, but I don't know what it is. And they're like, "Oh man, it hits so hard." I'm like, "I gotta, I gotta get there." Uh, and I have it on the DS. Uh, again, that was uh, that a lot of the stuff got parked. So we'll, we'll talk about why I had to park so many things uh, here in a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, dude, like 
I'm so looking forward to getting to quote unquote the park. Yeah, so I think part of what so Dragon Quest V for those who don't know, it's a it's a role playing game like all the other Dragon Quests, except you start as a child and you play through your whole life. So, um, you know, the game takes place over the course of I don't know, let's say thirty ish years, forty years maybe. Okay. Um but uh so you begin with as a little boy with your dad, um and you are eventually an adult and you eventually uh you know are get older. <laughs> um Adventuring. but I think as as a dad pod game cast uh you know, there there's some dad moments in here where you're like, Ooh, oh man. That's a that's a lot to swallow. Yeah. Um and you know, I'm playing the original one on uh this this NES mini that you that you gave me. So it's a uh, the old school graphics and uh I don't know, they still look great to me. Yeah. But uh 100%. You know, it's 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 funny how much you how much emotionality you can get out of these little pixels because you think in an era where, you know, things look photorealistic, it's like, "Oh yeah, you you want that to tell in a immer- you know, an immersive emotional story." And it's like, "Well, it worked with these little pixels." Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um but it's a great game. It uh it's a very flexible game. And it's just fun. It's uh it also is like the progenitor of Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've heard, because, I've heard I feel like you're not the first person that said that before. Well, you go around collecting monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like we'll do it. Uh and they get stronger when you uh use them in your party. I'm trying so, to remember um, Pokemon didn't come out till like the mid to late nineties, right? Like that was I think it was nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Man. But the nineties feel like ten years ago, but also a hundred years ago. Yeah, but so I mean, ago. this game does enormous things that influenced, I think, most uh, RPGs that came after. Because I, you know, this is I think before uh, Final Fantasy IV as well, which is kind of where Final Fantasy IV became, or where fi- the Final Fantasy series became like a real narrative series. Right. I would say. Yeah. Um. So, great game, Dragon Quest V. Yeah. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. <laughs> I think that man that is uh that is one that I have enjoyed. The I am still in uh like the kid area in that game, like the okay. the kids uh portion. Um so I got away I know I got a ways you, to go, but it's so good that I'm just like taking, a long way, taking yeah. my time. Um I'm going to stick with the JRPG theme here to talk about a game that was snubbed at the, you know, official quote unquote game awards show, and that's Octopath Traveler 2. Um man, I sure I sure love this, uh, these Team Asano games that Square keeps putting out. Uh, you know, Octopath 1, Triangle Strategy. Uh, I love the look of these games. Uh, the one category that I really feel like Octopath Traveler shined in this year, especially that I thought there was some hope uh, for the Game Awards show, was uh, uh, Musical Score. I think it was like potentially mm-hmm. hands down the best. Final Fantasy 16 has an incredible score. Uh, like through and through all the way to the end. But uh, I think the sheer amount and quality of Octopath Traveler 2 really made it kind of like a, a musical juggernaut this year. And, uh, you know, it's uh, depending on uh, your, your uh, you know, relationship with music and games, that might be the most important part to you. And if you're like, just you love the way that music enhances games, you will love Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, but they also fixed most of the issues I had with the original Octopath Traveler. Uh, which I loved because, like, you know, the original I liked because, like, it was cool to do all these different, uh, sto- like, stories uh, and s- watch them sor- yeah. sort of overlap, right? 
Uh, Eddie, did you did you play the original? I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, I just played the demo, yeah. and then uh, when I found out that it's basically a short story collection yeah. in a video game, I was okay. like, yeah, not for me. So that's a really good way of uh, talking about this. Uh, they have gone the extra step to make the stories overlap in ways that are like meaningful and and impactful this time. I'm not going to talk too much about it because uh, this is really a game. If you're into JRPGs at all, you should play this game. If you're kind of into JRPGs, uh, but you're like, hey, what's something they haven't really done uh, different, you know, differently from the past? Uh, they, 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 I think Octopath 2 is the game that they kind of wanted to make when they made Octopath 1. You know, we, that's kind of a theme in video games. A lot of times the sequel or the third one in the series is really the one they wanted yeah. to make. You know, arguably, uh, t- what Tim Rogers said, like Witcher Three, you know, you know, couldn't exist without them trying with Witcher One and Witcher Two. They they always probably wanted yeah. to make w- the Witcher Three, but they couldn't do it until they did the first two. Octopath Two fires on all cylinders. Um, I mean, I would I would call it a ten out of ten. Uh, the writing's better, the characters are better. Uh, you know, the stories overlap more. Uh, it's more compelling, and I still really love this art style. I feel like. Uh, some yeah. people have cooled on it a little bit, but not me. Uh, I'm totally into this. Uh, th- this is the type of JRPG that I feel... I feel like if I had played this instead of like Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 or Chrono Trigger when, you know, when I was 13, 14, like, it'd probably be my favorite game of all time. Uh, I think it's that good. Yeah. Uh, That's good, man. It's not, it's not up there with those games now because, like, you can't be 13 and play these, your, your 13, 14 year old game. (laughs) Sadly, no. Um, because, Uh like, that's the height. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see what my sons are playing when they're 13 and 14 because that's going to be like, (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) It's going to be, here's the thing. Like, my, my oldest, I'm just going to do a real quick tangent, only likes stuff when it's like he feels like it's his idea. Like, how long has your son been Mm. trying to get mine to play Fortnite? Like, a year now? Yeah, and and like that's he, the thing. My kids are just so engrossed in that whole metaverse and whatever the newest thing is in there yeah. because that's what all the kids are playing. Yeah, so and so it took, by it. it took Joey like a full year because he's just resistant. And he told me, and it was kind of like poignant. He's like, I'm worried that I won't want to play. I won't want to go back and play Minecraft. I'm like, yeah. oh, buddy, you got, Ooh, you've got so much. He's like, like um, on an emotional level, like deeply thinking about this. I'm like, you've got so much spa- like creative space in your head for things. <laughs> like yeah. you will always, you will, you will possibly always go back to Minecraft the way that we go back to oh, yeah. Game Boy games. And any, I'm like, don't worry about that. Don't let that stop you from enjoying stuff with your friends. Anyway, Octopath yeah. Traveler, speaking of people enjoying things together, uh, this group of characters is great. Uh, go play it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I've been meaning to play that one, though, uh, interestingly, to shout out Dragon Quest again, Dragon Quest Four did this in, like, 1990. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and you know the what? OG. I, 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 this, uh, this team, you know, Team Asano, I think that they were all, like, huge, uh, very clearly huge, like, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy fans. Like, oh, it, yeah, it wears, sure. like, its influences on this, on this sleeve. Uh, it's so good. Um, we are running short on Rick's time. We're up to like eight minutes yeah so i was wondering if i could uh yeah, just because i can wreck the schedule I'll, I'll shoot out my last few yeah last you three can, we can talk about it real quick and then i'll let you guys continue and carry it on so yeah. the uh modern life of having a rough schedule but here we are yeah <laughs> um, this is dad pod uh life 101 right here yeah 
So we're going to continue the AAA train because I played a game that was overshadowed by another huge release at the same time, which is Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, it's been on my backlog forever, and I finally played it on the PS5 now with the enhancements from uh, using that console. Yeah. And it came out at the same time as Breath of the Wild, which is very unfortunate because that game was a juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. But and, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, is just it, it feels like pale in comparison to Breath of the Wild and how much freedom that game gave you. Right. But... If you take it as kind of more of a linear, with some open world parts, it is an open world game, obviously. Yes. But just the story and the scenery and the environment. Uh, let's ignore the facial animations; they're terrible. Yeah, they're, but, not, they're not. They're not good. They did. They they are better now in the Forbidden <laughs> oh, yeah. West. Much better. The but, uh, yeah. DLC. Yeah, even the DLC on the yeah. first game is fantastic. So I'm playing a second one now too, Forbidden West. But it's just it's comfort food open world game. A good open mm. world game. I'm tired of the Ubisoft towers, which of course you know. Horizon has its towers and yeah. stuff like that too, but it's but at least the in a way that makes it feel at least they're dinosaurs yeah, it makes that it feel natural. <laughs> yeah, it makes it feel natural as you're progressing. So, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of that game. It's definitely my. I just want to sit down and, and play a story, and I'm playing a story mode because I'm a dad. Yeah, uh, and just enjoying as it unfolds, and I'm one shotting huge robot T Rexes with like a bow and arrow. <laughs> Uh, playing Rambo Aloy and it's super fun. So yeah, that was actually I actually I like, picked Horizon as my my game of the year. Uh, you know, just amongst friends, uh, the year it came mm-hmm. out because I felt like it did get overshadowed by Breath of the Wild. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm oh, with yeah. you on that one, Rick. Yeah, I uh, I like that you described it as comfort food because I played probably like uh, ten hours of it and mm-hmm. I I was like, man, this game is uh, this game's just like nice to play. Yeah. yeah, it's just nice to move around and do stuff. I I love the collectibles was, too. It's a the collectibles are enjoyable in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of uh, just stopped playing it because I, I don't know. I was, I was like, this is fun, but I also, uh, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I feel like I don't need to play anymore. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's like it, it's once a story gets a hook in you, it's fascinating to see how they told it. It's nothing revolutionary, but the way it's told, it's, it's just. But the twist is so good. Well the twist is yeah. so good. If you haven't played it, uh, it is worth it just for the twist. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, just but... watch a let's play of it or something so you can get to the twist. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Well, I think that's kind of like the funny thing is, uh, I I got caught up. Because when you meet people, they just, like, send you to more people to meet people to do more quests and stuff like that. And I got in, like, I did that for, like, seven hours. And that's kind yeah, of, yeah. I was like, okay. So I, like, I barely even actually got to the story. So yeah. <laughs> Like many games like that, it takes a little while to get going. But once yeah. it does, it's it's just fun to way through. Because, yeah, again, I played on story mode and it becomes that power fantasy yes. of, like, you know, it's uh-huh. Rambo Aloy. She's running in there just, you know, suplexing dinosaurs like nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> the game has a different level. If you play it on a harder difficulty, I know that it, you have to be a hunter and, like, set traps yeah. and stuff like that, but I don't have time for that, so right. I just played Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fun. Yeah. It was, again, comfort food. It was total comfort yeah, food. Yeah, that's great. Uh, um, number number so, two. What's your t- number two, Rick? So I'm going to go to number two, which is, again, a Metroidvania. And I know this is one that you were uh, pushing me to play, uh, Joe, and that's Axiom Verge. Oh, and so I don't believe it. I slept on that so long. Because it is one of my favorite Metroidvanias now. It is just, it's just so good. And again, plays great on a deck. It's a perfect deck game. Um, and it takes everything I love about Metroidvanias and distills it down into weirdness. And it just works. It just works so well. And, um, and, I think and they, that they that nailed one's... the atmosphere. Well, they Tom Happ nailed the atmosphere. Yeah, like, it's the... great. Um, and I just had a blast. And it just it urged you to continue exploring. It had a right level of backtracking. Interesting weapons. You keep playing it like, what is this? Is this kind of like almost H.I. Geiger-esque like, yeah. unease around mm-hmm. it? Oh, it's so good. Um, and I'll never, I really I'll never sway from my love next. of that game. I love it. Yeah, and it's just it's just a blast. Uh, played, it's one of those games that I don't play many games that I just sit down and just play their way through. Like many games I stop and start, whatever. But yeah. that one I just like, I, I need to keep going. Like every second I had mm-hmm. that was playtime, 
ended up being Axiom Verge until I beat it on on the deck. Yeah, um, so good, nice, and it's just fantastic. Um, we will uh, cycle directly to my number one pick, yeah. which is a uh, another one of those like pure time waster. Kingdom, <laughs> Kingdom Two Crowns. Um, oh yeah, That's it a is a two D. Management game. You go from side to side uh, with your little king or regent, and they have to give uh, money and little commands to your uh, people in your kingdom to uh, fend off an attacker every night. And it gets progressively harder. Uh, and it's one of those like, I just need to build this one wall. I just need to get this farm going. I just need to do this. And all of a sudden, it's like nine hours passed. And you don't know what happened. And I didn't realize that I was playing that game so much. And it just sucks you right in. It's very simplistic in its design, yeah. but you don't want to stop. I just kept playing that, and my kids I, were even noticing, you're playing I, that game still? I'm like, shut up, I feel up. like I'm, the writing in that game wall. is good, too. Like, the writing is really good for, for the for the snippets that are yeah. in there. Like, it's 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 just really good. Yeah, and it's... Interesting. It's uh, it's not a, a deep game in that sense, but once you learn the, the ropes of it, it's actually not that difficult either. Um, but it just... I. Every waking moment that I had had to be Kingdom Two Crowns, and I, I looked at my played time in the last few years on Steam. Again, fantastic game on Steam Deck. I yeah. mentioned that, but uh, I had like fifty plus hours in that game over the course of just like a couple months. Like, what happened? Like, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. every it's... second had to be. I mean, it, it had. Uh, I think that's been on every platform. It's on mobile yeah. and everything too. So it's very much has that kind of mobile, Pick just a little play. more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just got completely sucked into it, and I don't necessarily have a huge desire to go back to play it because I played several of the expansions already, mm-hmm. and it's kind of more of the same. Um, and I think I realized one day it's like I have to put this that game down, or otherwise I'll just keep you know quote unquote grinding in this game forever. Right. <laughs> uh, but I love the fact that it conveys kind of like a story through. There's no like, there's text, uh, but your region doesn't talk like. Right. It portrays it all the way through, and it has got this melancholy feel to it because the kingdom is in shambles, yeah. Uh, and you're rebuilding something, and it also has that kind of bit of an uneasy feeling because every night there's huge monsters coming out, and they get worse and worse, right? Uh, and it's just, yeah, I just got hooked into it. So that's my number one pick for the year. Uh, yeah. That completes my backlog for well, now. But I love, I love that a, a Kingdom Two Crowns is getting a, a definitive goatee. Uh, award because it absolutely mm-hmm. deserves it. Uh, it. It deserve. I mean, it got like a decent amount of recognition, but yeah. I think that uh, I, it, I've never heard of it, and I think I am going to pick it up possibly today. You should do it. It's, it's, it's on mobile like too. If you, if you, the problem with having it on mobile though is that it's always there with you. Like you're never yeah, not going to have I, access I, to I, it, and so I can't play games on my phone. I I just can't. Yeah. But uh, this this game looks like the kind of game that I would mm-hmm. also love. So. Yeah, and you can yeah, put it from my. My son actually uh, had a friend or something who said, like, oh, it's like a kingdom retro pixel art game or whatever. And he looked around, and it was on PlayStation Plus Extra, which we have. And he started playing it, and that's how I got into it. And I started playing it a little bit. I'll check it out. And it's like, sudden, oh, was, heck yeah, this is my oh, jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then it's like, goodbye free time. And, yeah. the, again, the deck is great because you can pick it up, play, pause, you know, resume anytime you want. And yep. that goes a long uh-huh. way in the dad gaming. So Absolutely. Well, thanks, I'm drop my... Yeah, yeah that's my game and vanish. Yeah, no, that's all right, man. Uh, we, we might. I, I got a couple things I want to mention uh, afterwards, so you'll have to you'll have to just listen to the podcast when it's done because I want to talk about yep. uh, a little bit more about Horizon uh, and and whatnot when uh, uh, while you're gone. But uh, yeah, for sure, definitely discuss those. But I appreciate having on shorter time frame, and that's nah. just the life we we chose or all, didn't choose. I guess. All good. Enjoy your meeting <laughs> as much as you can. Yep, I sure <laughs> will. All right, thanks. See you later, dude. See ya. 
Edward, your number, what are we on to number three? Your number three? We are, yeah. Um, before we get there, yes. Horizon Zero Dawn is an interesting game because, you know, once once you get into the open world part, I did just kind of, like, wander around and do stuff for a long time, and then I, you know, I was kind of just like, okay, I get it. But I, thinking about it now, it's like I basically just, like, abandoned the story yeah. to go play, which is, uh, I think... I think these are good and bad things about open world games right. is like um it kind of like makes the story seem unnecessary but the good thing is like I was having fun that whole time right. just like wandering the wilds doing doing whatever meeting strangers who are like oh hey so horizon go do this thing I was like okay <laughs> horizon just like the like the the world uh for me was its own character uh because like what are they they so in Star Wars it's called like used future and that kind of came from I think like the the Jack Vance era of like you know the dying earth era of of uh-huh. stuff where like it's set way 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 in the future and uh yeah as you learn uh in Horizon Zero Dawn despite the fact that you're fighting like technology dinosaurs uh and you're everyone's kind of like in a more primitive stage of humanity like it is set way in the future and it's like it's got some like yeah. real cool backstory uh, and like the reveal for like why do these dinosaurs exist? You know, like why? Like the like the whole raison d'être. I don't speak French very good, but reason for being uh, <laughs> is like really good. It's really good. Like when I like I had to like like pause it for a second. I was like I didn't expect this to be this cool. Like I was expecting mm. something cool, right? Because you figure out like like the the there there is there is a uh, clue and. Uh, stuff in the literal name of the game horizon zero dawn you figure out what that means okay uh and it's way cooler than you can think uh than you think it's going to be uh and that's all i'm gonna say uh it's so worth going back like do what rick did man just uh put it on easy and just power through it just for like the stuff and like okay so like i talked about like the collectibles uh i wanted to find every collectible because it was like pieces of the past which is like our present Mm. Uh, this has always worked for me my entire life. When I was playing Xenogears, the you know Xenogears one before all the Xeno sagas and blades and everything came yeah. out, you know you venture uh, like deep into some underground place. I can't really think of like what you would even call it. Uh, you know the, the it's the underground, and you come across the ruins of the Zeboim civilization, and the Zeboim civilization was us. Like, you literally find a yeah. TV studio, you know, that's all set up with, like, where they were, like, recording the news at the end of, like, like their, like, devastation. Like, their, you know, the, you, you discover them <laughs> post-apocalypse. And when I was, like, 16, that hit so unbelievably hard because I hadn't read any Jack Vance. I hadn't read, like, you know, the only thing I had that was, like, far in the future was, like, Star Wars. And, I mean, yeah. this is a, maybe a little bit blasphemous, but, like, I I like Star Wars, but I am not, like, a huge Star Wars fan, despite how much, like cool stuff is in there that i recognize as cool yeah me neither um, i uh i'm not into star wars honestly i'm not like <laughs> it's weird like i love like i love me some like star wars video games like jedi fallen order was like legit super fun loved it um yeah but so i'm not like uh an expert on star wars i am not like a, a source of like star wars takes uh but the way that like this video game sort of like showed this mirror of a ancient civilization that was the one i'm living through right now hits so hard uh and that's why i like finding like coffee mugs and stuff like that from our time in horizon because like that just works for me on some sort of like you know lizard brain level that hits every single time it's an automatic dopamine release uh it's just i love it it's my thing i love it 
Yeah. Alright, so I will get to my number three now, which um, I somehow didn't mention on our list of short games for the short game episode. Okay. But uh, part of it's funny because uh, part of why I wanted to do that episode was because I wanted to mention this game. Yeah, that's, man, that's just life, <laughs> dude. Just that's how it goes. Forgot. That's just how it goes. Um, but my number three pick is the last pick of, uh, that's probably going to surprise anyone, but it's uh, Katana Zero. Oh, so good. Such a good game. Which is... I compared it to Mario in a way, in that, like, Mario is all about his jump. Yeah. This is all about your slashing that sword. Yeah. And it feels so good to slash that sword. And, uh, you know... I think they must, sla- they, they must have, like, developed the slash in development and, like, okay, let's build a game around this now. <clears throat> like, they were just... Oh, for sure. The game is completely built yeah. around it. Like, the way that it propels you forward, the way that you use it to, uh, you know, Rick... Uh, what do you call it? ricochet back uh-huh. like bullets and things like that it's such a clever little design and i love that um you can only be hit once and you just die yeah so uh and it has that sort of super meat boy uh quickness to the restart which i guess is also true of a lot of games now. right but it's kind of like celeste in that way where it's it's all about speed and precision um but man it, it just feels so good and the story is surprisingly the good the story is really good yeah. and it gets like real crazy <laughs> like it gets uh wild toward yeah. the end it is a uh, way more fascinating than you would expect because you're you're in the uh somewhere between not too distant future and potentially far future yeah um not like laser gun far future but like i think a, it's kind of uh, cyberpunky uh in, in yeah a yeah i'd say it's like you know somewhere between 20 and 100 years in the future yeah. something like that yeah. um so yeah it's a cyberpunk world where you are a samurai because cyberpunks need samurai Absolutely. and you are uh you're just a hired killer so you enter buildings and you murder everyone inside right and that is what you do uh and in between you learn more about yourself the world and um what's going on and uh there's a surprisingly heartwarming story in here it's kind of like leon the professional yeah, a little oh, bit man, that's such a good movie too yeah so it's like it, it grabs all these things that you know it has the iconography from like uh you know uh, Mufune from Akira Kurosawa's movies, and uh, that's the samurai getup. Yeah. You have Leon the professional. You have this kind of Celeste slash Super Mario feel, even though you're a murder machine. Yeah. You have uh, Mario these could never. therapy sessions. And uh, it, it takes all these different influences and makes them into something that's actually just like really cool and really itself. Yeah. Um, which I always appreciate. It's super unique. Like, it, uh, I, I can't explain it. Like, the first time I saw it, like I had like mixed emotions. I was like, I hope this isn't like derivative. Like the the yeah. movement is what gives it away, though. Like even from the videos, you can tell it's not like really anything else out there. Um, yeah, I mean, not exactly like I should say. I mean, there are other games because like this is a <laughs> this is a very yeah. like tactile game. I feel like like you got to play it to like really get it. Like videos don't. I do think th- that's a good way to describe it. Tactile. Yeah, because the movement is so like good and different. That's like what separates it. I have. I, it's not exactly on any of my list, but have you ever played like my friend Pedro? No. Okay. So it's like skateboarding, bullet time, uh, ballet, (laughs) acrobatics. Um, and so like for me, that game, like I was not as good at doing the stuff that like looks the coolest as I wanted to be. And so that is like a game for me that like, I got the most out of it. Like I beat it and it was cool. And then like, I went and like watched other people who play it better because like, Man, if you can like pull off some That's of that, funny. some of the some of the acrobatics, it's like 
it looks so good but like the feel wasn't there in the way that like the feel is there in katana zero where you can do this this stuff and i actually had some fun sometimes where uh you like trip an alarm or whatever and then you kind of got to like yolo your way through it and like usually you'll (laughs) die but it's very satisfying to just like accidentally get through it because like that's kind of what would happen if you were a solo samurai in a building full of bad guys trying to kill you yeah uh yeah, dude, that's a great pick, man. Like, that game is another one that slipped by, like, way too many people. Yeah, I think that is my only game from this century, so. That's all right, man. <laughs> that's what that's what these these here Definitive Game Awards are for. We're, we're, we're helping to place people in time. We're trying to, like, let you know uh, games are both good now and they were also better back then. Yeah. Oh, I have one more game that just barely squeaks into this century, so there you nice. go. Nice. Nice. Um, man, I could talk about that game. I like I actually like want to talk about that more than my, my third pick because uh, <laughs> my third pick is like I guess this actually does dovetail with like we're doing a real good job of like bouncing our our titles off of each other and I'll explain why. Uh, it needs no introduction. Uh, it, it, there's not a whole lot I can say about this game that has not really already be, been said and that's uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Mm. a lot of folks are going to put this at the top of their list and that is absolutely justified. Uh, until I played the final two games on my list, this was my, also my game of the year. Uh, it does it. Okay. How do I explain this? I don't want to sound harsh, but it basically makes playing breath of the wild kind of like irrelevant. Like you don't need breath of the wild anymore, in my opinion, (laughs) because like it gives you like all these extra power ups that are, that are different. Uh, the ability to build machines, uh, and and the, okay so that is cool i knew that it was going to be cool and then watching you know my son play tears of the kingdom uh and build cool stuff was also cool the other reason this game like my top three is very close i need i need to also say that like i haven't come down on which game i'm going to talk about next like that's how close my top my top two is <laughs> um yeah but like tears of the kingdom is an experience that i love uh, in and of itself, but it is also going to be one I always remember because I got to play it with my son at the same time. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. Like it just, it just hits like so hard when I think about the fact that like the day that I was getting ready to beat the game, you know, my son hadn't beaten it yet because he is meticulous and methodical (laughs) about the way he plays a lot of this stuff. Like, he will spend time figuring out, like, the systems and then figuring out how to break them, right? Uh, Mm. It's what he does with Minecraft. Uh, It's what he did with, like, various Roblox things. He loves the Roblox studio probably as much as he loves the player where he can, like, create his own stuff. Um, And so he spent a lot of time, and I was like, okay, I'm going to beat it. But I have to let you know ahead of time that I'm going to beat it because I want to, like, invite you to watch if you want to. And... That final battle, which I'm not going to talk about, there's multiple stages, but there was one where literally it came down to, because like, I'm not like, as, as, you know, many Souls games and stuff as I've played, you know, I don't consider myself exceptionally good at them. I have just figured out how to like, you know, beat them, right? And like, there was a hard (laughs) part, like, because I didn't have exactly the, maybe the armor and like the stuff that I should have gone into the battle with. Uh, which I'm not I'm not going going to explain because that's like a whole part of the discovery of this 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 final battle uh, and this final area, but it came down to me and uh, you know Ganondorf hitting each other at the same time and it registering him dying first because uh, that's how low my nice. health was. 
uh, and like, you know, the boys are screaming. I'm, you know, I'm hollering, you know, like, I can't believe it. Like, cause like the screen goes black, right? When this happens, when we hit each other at the same time and we're like, uh-huh. did I kill him? Did he kill me? Like what happened? Like what's going on? <laughs> and then like, it starts playing the cutscene as if he died. Right. Uh, and yeah. so anyway, it was just a whole moment. Uh, I will never forget That's it. Awesome. It was such a, a, a dad moment sharing it with my kids. Uh, and, you know, now, you know, my son has beaten it since. Uh, he's beaten it more times than I have now because that's just what he does. He li- he likes to go back. Yeah. I mean, he's beaten Breath of the Wild. He hasn't played through Breath of the Wild 10 times, but I think he's beaten Ganon at the end of Breath of the Wild 10 to 20 times because he just likes that's it. Funny. He loves that battle, right? He just, it's very cool. Uh, he loves to do it. Um, and I just think Tears of the Kingdom is everything Breath of the Wild was, but more. It is not just uh, DLC for the first game, like so many people like uh, cynically said. I mean, like there's a whole map the size of the map underneath the map. Like it's two maps. Uh, uh-huh. It's not a spoiler really at this point. I'm sure you've seen pictures of like the underground area. Uh, if not, me telling you that is not going to ruin it for you. You got yeah, to see it. Yeah, it's not see it to experience it uh this game easily a you know another 10 out of 10 uh incredible game hell yeah what you that i still don't own so that's probably gonna be on my your next year's list oh dude it's so good i can't i can't wait till you play it just so i can like talk to you about it because i think that you're gonna find a lot about the game that you really like uh-huh Oh, I know. I and know. oh, uh, um, one of the powers is sticking crap together. So if your weapon's about to break, you can just like infuse it to a boulder and create a new weapon. Then it's like, it kind of like solves the durability totally. issue, like temporarily solves it. I love it. I just love it. I love all the stuff, dude. The ascendability uh-huh. going up through floors, like the bottom of floors, like as long as it's not too, too high. Perfect. Love it. All right. I will get to my number two game, which uh, is a game we've talked about before, but uh, it's Super Mario RPG. And, um, Kind of the original one. I haven't played the uh, remake, but it's kind of for the same reason that you just mentioned Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so I actually played this last year with my son, and then we played it again this year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, love this. It was, it's still great. Um, and it's just, it, there's something different about playing it with your son um, or your daughter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Any kid. Playing, playing, playing games with your kids is a really, really cool experience that if you play games, and you don't have kids, like you are going to love doing it, like with with your kid. Yeah, especially I think these narrative games that they where they can follow the narrative uh, very easily. Um, and so, I uh, I mean, we already did a whole episode on this, so I don't need to like go on about it. But uh, yeah, love this game. Excited to play the remake. I I won't put the remake on next year's, even if it is the best game of the year, just because I've already talked about this game a lot. <laughs> hey, I don't think you. I don't, man. This is our show. If you want to put it on there, you put it on there. <laughs> In fact, I I hope it is on there because I want to know, like, your thoughts as someone who loves it as much as you do. Like, I want to know uh, the quality of life improvements and stuff, or if they are improvements. You know, like, I want to know what you think. We'll see. I'm I'm curious. One of the things I'm slightly worried about is if uh, some of the changes make the game too easy, which I usually don't care about. Game being like overly easy, but this game's not hard as is. Right. And I, some of the things like does this does this make it too easy? Well, I, I, I think there's no such thing as too easy because uh, I'm you know my my ability to like reframe expectations around games, uh, but any experiences in general, uh, I feel like is pretty pretty good and. Yeah, like I'm going to look at it as like a game, an RPG made for like 
kids that I also enjoyed when I was younger. That's how, like, <laughs> I have yeah. not, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get that old Mario RPG for Christmas. Uh, even though we have it in the house, like I know one of my presents, but like, I'm like, I want to play, I wanna, that's like a game I want to play after Christmas when the kids are on break. I feel like that's going to yeah. be a good one. And, uh, definitely. And, and I, I don't, I don't care if, <laughs> if it's like, uh, on rails, you know, like maybe that's the way <laughs> I just want to re-experience the entire, the entire game. I don't know. Like, I'm just excited for it. Like I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just ready. It's a very funny game too. I love oh, it. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, pl- please, listener, do not underestimate the hilarity of this game. Like, it is like legit funny. Yeah. Man. All right. So I think we're on to Mine? your number. Yeah, two. I got to pick one. Uh, man, this feels like almost as hard bum, bum, bum. Uh, as picking, <laughs> you know, between my two kids. Uh, but this is going to probably be a spoiler. Uh, you're going to know what my number one is after I tell you what my number two is. Uh, number two, uh, the biggest reason that uh, so many things had to <laughs> get put on pause, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Ooh, that was a recent one for you, too. Holy cow. I'm not even done. Uh, maybe that's that, that, that does sort of factor into why uh, I can't give it. I am in the third act of three. I would say I'm halfway through the third act there is so much to this game there are so many ways you can approach every little thing uh i think it was paul tassie who writes for forbes showed an article where i saw this uh this twitter link that i sent to you uh you and rick actually in the chat about how to go about approaching like the the various ways of approaching like the goblin camp which is uh early act one uh, I don't want to call it a set piece, but it's like a foundational structural support of the first act, if you will. Um, uh-huh. And there are so many ways to do this. Uh, and the hilarious thing is if you watch the video that I sent, I did what uh, the girl uh, woman was uh, like, I used her method. So I don't, did you watch that video yet? If you haven't, you have to. No, I didn't. Oh, dude. Just go back and it's not even a spoiler. It beca- you can't spoil this game is where I kind of where I'm going. Uh, uh-huh. So, man, I'm just going to be talking and interrupting myself because like I love this game. It is digital D&D. Might be the best D&D campaign I've ever played, although I really, really love uh, Larian Studios' previous effort, Divi- Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, oddly enough, in that game, I did not roll my own character because there was a character of Lose. Uh, she's like a... Uh, trying to think of the D term she would be i guess she'd be kind of like a warlock which is actually what i played again in Baldur's gate 3 uh I, I i really liked her character i liked her design and then i liked uh the way her story starts going like i literally restarted divinity mm. with the, her character because you meet her early on in the game i'm like oh something's going on with her i want to be her and so uh-huh. Baldur's gate 3 i was like i want to roll my own character you know i want to meet all these people and like have them be companions or not whatever you know based on like interacting with them but i don't want to like be one of them and so yeah like i i collected like a lot of characters but the thing is like you can probably do this solo i think i don't think there's any parts where you need another character uh as a lot of these games are you can do it with one uh but you or you can have a party uh, you know, the character of Asterian, who, uh, whose voice actor won uh, best performance in a game this year, uh, like, there are people who, like, kill him within, like, the first couple hours, you know, just based on, like, certain <laughs> things. And, like, he's never seen again. Like, you, the, the uh-huh. choices in these games matter. 
Uh, and the thing about Baldur's Gate 3 that I love-hate uh, is that some of the impactful choices are going to make you lose out on something you really want. Like, you have to make mm. choices that, like, have a sucky... Like, both... They all suck. Like, they all have something that's going to suck afterwards. And then you have to, like, live yeah. with that choice. Uh, the writing is top-notch. Uh, the uh, the voice acting is, as the internet has said, there's no spoilers here, uh, just sublime. Like, these, these characters, uh, like, are characters coming out of the game and inhabiting your mind uh thanks uh-huh. thanks to the incredible voice acting uh and larian has been real good about that with the divinity games uh you know they're they're just a top-notch studio i think that's why that you know they were entrusted with doing baldur's gate 3 because uh they're probably the only studio that can do baldur's gate 3 right now here in 2023 um yeah i'm i'm getting close to the end uh and it's given me that feeling that has only occurred a couple times uh in my life where i'm playing a game and i don't want it to end uh and it is just so deep that i don't know that i will be able to like anytime soon start a new campaign and like play it all over again because there's just there's so much uh and it was really really too big uh, it's just really close to being my game of the year to replay yeah well it's not though i'm gonna have to go back like there's so much stuff i want to (laughs) see different like Uh uh, interactive uh you know interactions between characters depending on how you play I think it would be fun to... I won't do it, but to see how, like, a bad guy would be... Because you can be a bad guy in this game. Mm. Uh, I want to see how that plays out. Uh, but it's it's uh, solidly in number two. Like, I, uh, it, it's just... Uh, on, on a game level, you know, it doesn't give me the experience of playing it with my son like Tears of the Kingdom did. Uh, but on a, you know, a game-to-game basis, it is, is solidly my, my number two. Almost my number one. Nice. Edward, yeah, your... that is uh, definitely on my list of games to play as well. Yeah, someday I will play games from this decade. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good, man. <laughs> that aren't Nintendo. It's it's good. Uh, I I can't wait to hear your uh, your your number one because I I think I might know what it is, but no, I don't. No, I don't. Never mind. Because I was uh, thinking of your criteria. I do not know. Uh, so now well, I want to know. Well, so it might surprise you just based on the criteria, but uh, it is Final Fantasy IX. Nice. Um, which just came out in the year 2000. So it did make it into this century. Yeah. Um, and this is a game that I, I replayed it for the first time in a long time this year. And I played it with my son as well. Uh, which, you know, like I was just saying, makes every game just that much more uh, wonderful. And despite playing... I didn't play all of it with my son like I did with Super Mario RPG. Because something... Uh, the game's... It's like three times as long as Super Mario RPG. And some things... Uh, he's just not going to understand anyway. Um, Because this game is pretty dark and sometimes very brutal. Um, But what he really likes to watch are me fighting monsters. So makes uh makes playing through that kind of stuff fun. The the, the spectacle of those PlayStation 1 era Final Fantasy games uh, should not be uh, understated. No, man. They're so good. And I love the cutscenes in this game. You can just watch all the cutscenes. They're like an hour long on YouTube. And, uh, Remember this. This came out in the year two thousand on the PlayStation One, yeah. and it looks great. Yeah, it was. A, I think I think it it looks, was underpowered for the year two thousand, but yeah, and like it was going. I, so we were watching um, the uh, the little the new Little Mermaid, and uh, the graphics, the CGI in that is so bonkersly bad that I was like, man, this looks worse than Final Fantasy IX, and uh, I mean that a little hyperbolically, but not really. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's wild. The graphics it's, in this, it's wild when you can't. Uh, like CGI now should be like almost almost seamless is like 
except for the uncanny valley issues like it should be not noticeable you shouldn't yeah. notice the cgi I, anymore yeah i have a whole rant that i could talk about that but i the, the main reason is that uh, they don't do sets so everything is just green screen and so everything is cgi and so it makes it look Ooh, worse yeah that's when big they used to do a when they used to do a blending of it it's a uh, it works a little better but uh yeah final fantasy 9 excellent game it was my favorite game uh 20 years ago it's still my favorite game and playing it with my son watching him just like fall in love with vivi and steiner and all these characters vivi that I is love so like much. the best though like let's let's oh, let's yeah. be honest vivi is the star of final fantasy 9 in my opinion yeah for sure at first he kind of hated steiner he's like why is he so grumpy all the time yeah, well he is my son is four <laughs> but he's uh, grumpy but like steiner, you know he's got a heart of gold yeah, Steiner grows on him. And, uh, you know, we listen to the soundtrack a lot. Like, when I take him to school and stuff like that, he just listens to the soundtrack. Yep. Um, or it's not school, it's daycare. We just tell him it's school yeah. because... No, it's it's whatever. still the same. <laughs> we used to do the same thing when uh, our kids were at... Uh, I mean, it was preschool, but, like, you know... We, we just t- it's, it's just, just school. Just, just call it school. Yeah, it's just school. Whatever. Um, it's school where all you do is play all day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just loves even just listening to the soundtrack. Uh, it's great. I... I can't get enough of this game. I'm thinking about playing it again, honestly, uh, which is dumb because I have so many other games I want to play, but I'm like, what if I just... We could, though, because I, I, haven't, uh, <laughs> I haven't played it uh, uh, since college, so sometime between 2000 and 2004, uh, yeah. and uh, we, could do, we could do an episode on it, man. Like, we're already like doing episodes uh, yeah. on like a lot of different stuff. Why, why not throw some Final Fantasy IX in there? Like, I want to play it again. It's so good. It's great, um, and it's probably going to be remade. That's those are the rumors. Yeah, like the, uh, d- depending on when you're listening to this, like these rumors are at least like a month or two old. Like these are fresh rumors. Like, like looking looking yeah. very likely. I mean, should should yeah. we get our hopes so, up? Should we get our hopes up? Like that's the problem. Is like anytime I get my hopes up for something, I get disappointed. Yeah, so I'm writing a book about this game. So hopefully, uh, if it is if it does get released my book will be done and out and it'll give me a big sales boost yeah time timeliness <laughs> is next to godliness in uh, in publishing yeah. exactly and a little bit of luck there's always a little bit of luck that's what uh people don't tell you about writing uh and, yeah. and publishing I, i'd say it's uh success is almost completely founded on getting lucky yeah but uh and, and all, <laughs> at least not, financial not, not financial just writing. success i mean we're talking like uh you know we're talking about life now <laughs> yeah uh, which oh, so just a quick t- you know uh, Patrick Rothfuss we yes. were talking a little bit about him this weekend. Yeah. Um, what I heard I don't know how true this is, but when his first book was coming out, part of the reason it got the huge media campaign that it was that it did like billboards in Times Square and stuff like that is because uh, DAW had already bought all of this advertising for a Tad Williams book. Oh, and the Tad Williams book got delayed, so like. We don't. We we can't move the billboards. Right, we got to put something up. <laughs> and so Patrick Rothfuss's book was coming out, and they were you know hoping that it was going to be a big hit too. But they're like, uh, let's. I mean, let's just throw all of our weight into yeah. it. And uh, I don't know if that's true, but uh, that it's was good, a though. very I, lucky I mean, thing for him. Uh, we're we're never going to get uh, the third King Killer Chronicles book. Uh, we've talked about this uh, off yeah. offline, off the off the podcast many times. Uh, it's never going to happen. But he will keep giving us these. Juicy, delicious little novellas. Uh, yeah, I just finished it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I just I like them. You know, we just we. Like, I hope he does. I, you know, uh, it's kind of it's weird. It's like the it's it's not exactly the opposite of George R R Martin and his next book, uh, but it's kind of similar. Like, 
I'd say it's pretty. It's 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 a it's a book that nobody wants, but it's it's still good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I don't know, man. I want I I do kind of want to see because I I this is the sunk cost fallacy uh, for both series. Yeah. Like I'm already in, I'm already invested. I got to see how I got to play it through now. Like I don't got to, but I have to. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's just how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. This book has no forward momentum on uh, the overarching story. I think it takes place before. The King Killers Chronicles. So, oh yeah, it's a, but it, it's it's fun. Yeah. So, are we? Do you have anything we're else? down to your? Okay, so you don't have anything else on Final Fantasy Nine other than just play it because it's good. I have a lot to say about it, but I'll you'll be able to read that some in the not so distant future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, uh, my game of the year. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, Edward is. Uh, uh, you know, by a nose, it's going to be Sea of Stars, uh, Ooh, indie nice. indie darling by uh, Sabotage, makers of The Messenger, another game I really liked. Um, man, it's weird. How do I explain this? When I played the demo, I liked the demo. Uh, the demo that they put out though does not start at the beginning of the game. Uh, it kind of throws you in media res uh, into like hmm. a part. That's it's a cool part, uh, but like it doesn't happen until after a significant uh, thing in the story happens. And so I don't, I, I couldn't explain it. Like a lot of demos get me really hyped to play it. And I was kind of down on the game after the demo because I'm like, I don't know where this came from. Like, I don't know what came before. I'm like, I feel really thrown off, right? Uh, uh-huh. it, it, I love the artwork. So it is a cross between, you know, Fantasy Star and... Final Fantasy, and especially Chrono Trigger. So much of this game, especially all the way up to double and triple techniques, uh, which are called something else in this. I haven't played it since before I started Baldur Gaze 3. So much of this is lovingly influenced by Chrono Trigger, but also there are Mario RPG elements where uh, timed button presses uh, have an effect and, uh, you know, critical hits and things like that. And there are various uh, timing uh, based attacks. Uh, The combat feels great. Um, I was kind of worried with, you know, the length of the game. Would you, while I talk about this for a second, quickly look up the how long to beat on Sea of Stars? Yeah. Um, I was worried that in a game that was this long, because it is longer than Chrono Trigger, uh, and is definitely longer than uh, Mario RPG, that uh, you would kind of get tired of like timing your button presses all the time. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's like 28 to 40 hours yeah. is what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, I was in, the, I know I was in the 30s. I want to say 35. Uh, but I tried to okay. do like a lot of the uh, side quest. And there is also, uh, you know, similar to many JRPGs most recently, you know, Dragon Quest 11 that has an ending and then a definitive ending. Uh, definitive ending, uh-huh. absolutely worth getting. Uh, both are very satisfying. Um, but man, this game has so much charm. Uh, I was worried. That like uh, there's two uh, you know two two protagonists uh, Valere uh, who is all some people also call her Valerie it's V A L E R E you can call her whatever uh, I'm not gonna be a stickler <laughs> for it um, and Zale we're not your dad yeah yeah we're not your dad we're just the internet's dads um, you know like they're they're very like charming in their own right but they have a best friend who is not uh, so Zale and Valere are solstice warriors who only come about every once in a while. I'm going to give just vague story beats here because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, uh-huh. and so they have the ability to like channel magic, sun magic and moon magic. Um, and they have th- their best friend's just a-, a dude. His name's Garl. 
Uh, and he, he absolutely <laughs> rules. Uh, I was really kind of worried. Uh, have you ever encountered a story? I can't think of one off the top of my head, but uh, sometimes you're like good at thinking of these where uh, a character is like too plucky, like too happy go lucky. It's kind of like it draws you out. Yeah. Um, and I was real worried that he was going to be that character. But no, man, like mm-hmm. you like root for him because like, number one, he doesn't have powers. But he is an incredible cook, and like he's like keeps like he's like the glue that keeps like everybody together, right? Um, and so this story has so much heart. Uh, you know, the writing I thought was like really good, especially because these are not you know, you know American writers. This is the game that famously yeah. uh, Jason Schreier was thrown off by the comma splices. Uh, but again, that's Whoa. that's not something that throws me off as much as like jarring language. Uh, uh, Tim Rogers was also uh, thrown off by the comma splices and stuff, uh, but it's not t- to me. It's like it's not a big deal because that's could be in a baby. It's, that's my opinion on that. <laughs> I, I okay, so I'm of two minds. Uh, maybe they should have hired like an American, like not even to like localize it, but just to give it a quick like because the way that you and I understand comma usage is going to be different from someone whose English is not their native language, uh, right? And that would have like. I guess help people who are like real persnickety on that old <laughs> comma splice front. Uh, you know, like sometimes, yes, uh, maybe in a game that is like this, uh, more geared toward like simplistic language should be just broken up into simple sentences. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Like, I don't need, I'm not, I don't even want to stress on that because that's, that's, that's no good. Uh, what is yeah. good is, uh, holy cow, this music soundtrack again, this is an incredible soundtrack. I got this uh, on my playlist. I've been listening to this a lot. And there's all these cool re- <laughs> arrangements. So there's a whole soundtrack, right, of the game music. And then there are pirate versions of the soundtrack that are, like, <laughs> shantyized. And That's funny. I can't, man, I can't even recommend this enough. Uh, it's, it's, it's emotional. It's very thought, well thought out. Uh, like, you, you jo- enjoy the characters the stakes become like very clear like they're clearly like stated and like the goals are like it's you're not battling like you're not necessarily battling god you know like in so many jrpgs <laughs> now the, the 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 end boss dude is not like far from a god but you're not battling god if that makes sense um yeah like he's very powerful but he's he is not necessarily like a like a unstoppable deity uh everything feels attainable uh you never feel like you, you never get in the point where it's like if you if this was real you know your characters would just be all just incredibly in these pits of despair right like there's right. up and down emotional beats they're all really well done um man i, I don't know if you like chrono trigger you're gonna like this if you like mario rpg you're gonna yeah. like this if you like final fantasy fantasy star uh star ocean um, I've been playing that new Star Ocean uh, second story remake or second whatever. Uh, I've heard it's really good. It is. It's super good. Uh, you'll like this. Uh, sea of Stars, man. The, another 10 out of 10. Uh, like I said, I don't think I would give Void Stranger my first pick today. Uh, a 10 out of 10. I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, maybe I'll feel different when I beat it. Um, but this game is unquestionably, uh, you know, it's just it's so good like i just i find myself at a loss for words without like spoiling uh certain parts of it uh, uh-huh. i just well i'll 
I'll play it soon and then we can do a spoiler. Yeah, spoiler yeah, because I, I would like to, because I don't know anybody else personally, like in my immediate life that has played it. And I want to talk about it because like, it's so, it's just so good, man. Like you just feel good. Like right. you just like, you come out of like playing it each time feeling good. Like it's just like a, like a feel good game. Uh, even though some heavy stuff happens, um, uh, I don't think that uh, I, I I don't think it's uh, undeserving at all. I don't think it's a, a radically wild pick, especially in a game a year that was so loaded with quality games. You know, apologies uh-huh. to the Alan Wake two fans. Uh, Baldur's Gate three made it impossible to add one more game to the end of the year. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so uh-huh. uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll talk about it next year because I might not always do the year of games. You know, I might throw some old ones in yeah. here and there. But like this year, I felt like. I wanted to get enough representation from what uh, was available in such a strong year of, of uh, quality titles. Uh, sea of Stars, right. though, man. My game of the year. Let's go. Dang. Well, I'll just uh, throw some of my ones I was I almost mentioned. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which I think actually did come out this year. Yeah, so did. that would have been my, my one game from this year. Uh, Blasphemous. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Shredder's Revenge. Mutant Mayhem was the movie. Oh, right. Shredder's Revenge. That's the name of it. <laughs> um, I saw the movie this year, too. Yeah. Um, Blasphemous, which is a Catholic uh, Souls-like Metroidvania, yeah. which is just uh, it's just awesome. And its sequel came uh, out this sim- year. Also good. Yeah. Playing Symphony of the Night this year, it, it, it made the list. The, the almost list, I guess yeah. I should say. Um, Cult of the Lamb, which I just started playing a few weeks ago, which is a... If you like Stardew Valley, but wish everything was satanic (laughs) this is the game for you nailed it um and then another ancient game ogre battle march of the black queen oh did you i love that battle system did you play the whole thing or just most of it or some of it i did not i haven't finished it yet but i played it you know i mean you've played it before like i'm not like questioning your (laughs) i actually haven't played this one before oh oh very nice get some yeah some newness in there Mm -hmm. that's a man those are some good those are some good games Oh, yeah. did you have any yeah. uh almost oh dude i had a whole i had a whole list i didn't even like <laughs> what is this like 40 games or something that i'm not gonna list them all uh that i was just all trying right. to narrow it down with because they were the ones that i liked the most this year but like i played yakuza uh kiwami one and two uh absolutely love those games uh finally beat played through and beat god of war ragnarok love that spider-man 2 uh, all them sony first party games not all of them i, I like most of them the one that really stuck out to me this year, though, was the Return to Castlevania uh, Dead Cells expansion. Uh, I love that mm, yeah. so much. Like, that was, like, right outside my top five. But I felt like, you know, Dead Cells has been talked about a lot. Void Stranger needs some love. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Cyberpunk was also going to be on my list. Uh, but, you know, again, I stuck to 2023. Uh, the Phantom Liberty DLC is excellent. Uh, I did play through, like, every Xenoblade Chronicles game that was not three because I, oh, yeah. I beat three last year and i love xenoblade chronicles one um and i really 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 like the dlc that they wrapped up the, the dlc package the season pass uh for xenoblade chronicles three i think that's i think xenoblade chronicles might be the strongest uh current jrpg series out uh i've gotten pretty far into legends of heroes though trails of the sky trails in the sky the first one because uh, I've been meaning to start that, and I figured, well, might as well. But I didn't beat that, so that's, yeah. that's not on the list. I played, uh, oh, I played the, all the Metroid uh, games that came out around the time with, you know, the the Prime Remastered. Love that. Uh, played Replayed mm-hmm. Fusion, replayed Zero Mission. Um, I really liked Chained Echoes. That was actually the first game I played this year. Like, that was my, like it, my January game. 
Uh, uh-huh. Another JRPG retro style that I love. Couldn't uh, not mention Street Fighter Six because I love Street Fighter. I don't talk about it enough, but we did have an episode on Street Fighter Two and fighting games and love that. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff, man. Loved uh, all the Castlevania stuff we played up until uh, you know our, our, our Metroidvania episode. Uh, it was just a good year for games. A uh, bad year for my health, yeah. but uh, man, good year for <laughs> good year for games. Uh, all right, well, uh, I gotta get about the rest of my day. Yeah, but, me uh, too. Unfortunately, my least favorite we will part. be back in the new year, possibly with a book episode. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we might. We're we're uh, we're gonna break that up because uh, we're gonna shoot for I think the first hundred hundred and twenty pages of House of Leaves. Uh, what I wanted to mention that I forgot mentioning is Void Stranger, a lot in common with House of Leaves. I'm going to leave it at that. Ooh. Uh, and uh, you should play You should play Void Stranger and you should read House of Leaves. Those are my recommendations. Along with yes. everything else and, we uh, talked about on this episode. Yeah, and then uh, I guess have... Well, by the time this comes out, Christmas will be done, so... Yeah. Just barely, You right? had a good Christmas. Yeah, hope you had a good Christmas. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed the, uh, you know family time hope you enjoy you know getting a late game of the year late but definitive game of the year episode uh and uh yeah we will see you all in the new year edward where can they find you uh, you can find me at uh radical edward.substack.com i need to probably set myself up like a Substack for when when and if you know twitter dies but talk about this for 15 episodes now but it really does feel like it's been <laughs> on life support for a long time um, but i'm still yeah. there uh at joe m owens uh, and until next time, thank you for listening. We uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we will uh, be back with you soon.